feeling? I even wore the blue t-shirt. I'm feeling stupendous today. And that was because I watched that race and I'm like, damn, dominant. And I feel like when you go to a point, we look at Hayden Deegan 10 years from now, we're going to go back to this race and go, damn, that's where it was. That's when we start saying, I'm feeling dangerous to that kid is dangerous. He felt because he was tired. I mean, you stall the motorcycle, you're, you're tired. You're trying to get a break, you just stalled it. I thought maybe he hit neutral, but nonetheless, it was the same difference. What's up, guys? You know who it is, your boy JS7. And you know where we at. We at the Rewind Show, baby. Round 25 from Washougal, Washington, Pacific Northwest. Only time we come up here all year long and all year, it's been a red dominance. It's been Jet Lawrence in that 450 class being undefeated, but his teammate Chase Sexton, one of his favorite tracks of the year. So what we're going to find out, was the streak going to end or was it going to continue? And then last week, Hunter Lawrence sent a message to all those guys that I don't think they wanted to see. Would Danger Boy bounce back or would Hunter Lawrence continue to message? Well, you know what we got to do. So let's go do it. Round 25, Washougal, Washington, Washington. Let's get into it. So Washougal, Washington, everybody knows going into this place, it's one of the worst places for Ruth. And... It's the roofs in general, not the rocks. You go to Unadilla, it's the rocks. But here at uh, Washougal, it's the roofs. Everywhere you go, it hurts. It's like balled up, dried out clay. And so everybody kind of knows that's one of the factors going into this. The shadows are a big issue, and we saw that kind of play out all day long. I feel like we saw what happened in that second motor with Hunter Lawrence was one of the reasons why. Goes oh, down. Oh, Hunter down, and that was key back there in that section. You knew it would be treacherous, and it was. Uh, with those shadows, but nonetheless, it didn't matter because there was only four races left, uh, three after this one. Those guys had to come in and stop the momentum because, believe it or not, which you will after you listen to the show, this weekend was huge as far as that 250 class and having to stop Hunter Lawrence. Because you heard his interview, Hunter Lawrence talked about, well, no, I didn't really feel like I needed to send a message and nothing's changed. My bike blew up and I had the red butt thing. What, and I came back and won that last weekend. Everybody knows I'm the man. So what needs to change? Like, I ain't sending no message because I'm the man. They know I'm the man. And I feel like the reason he says that, because he knows that what he was able to do last weekend, um, he wants those guys to believe that the only reason you're even in this spot, which is partly true, is because of, like, my bike. Otherwise, I would be dominating and nothing's changed. So I feel like there's other reasons other guys has gotten better and they're going to have to capitalize. But yeah, he is, they are on this situation because his bike blew up and he went down in the first corner. But we don't need to tell them. We don't need them to believe that. We need them to feel like they have a chance. And that's why they're coming in this weekend. They needed to do what this next guy did. And that's Hayden Deegan. And man, it's nerve-wracking, and uh, I'm sure it's nerve-wracking for Hunter, too. He's supposed to be winning these things, and uh, I'm glad I could put the American up front uh, for all the fans. Hey, people, look, I've been in this sport a long time, a long time. And I remember a lot of rides from other people like McGrath and Jeff Emmett, 96, St. Louis, when he breaks the streak. And then McGrath and RC at Anaheim 3, 2001, where Ricky was able to take down the King. And that moment was when things changed. I feel like in 96, that moment when uh, Jeff Emmett was able to beat 
uh, Jeremy for that one race in St. Louis was one of the reasons why he was able to help and win that uh, the next year's Supercross title, but even went outdoors. So there's moments in times in life, especially in racing, that you can see something change. Well, I feel like that second moto this weekend, that's the one that's changed. And I feel like when you go to a point, we look at Hayden Deegan 10 years from now, we're going to go back to this race and go, damn, that's where it was. That's when we start saying, I'm feeling dangerous to that kid is dangerous. That second moto, when he passed Justin Cooper, I'll break it down like this. He went around Cooper with no respect, no respect. Kind of like Jeremy Martin in Daytona. Go around outside on somebody like that. Oh, hell no. It's disrespectful. Justin Cooper came into this season thinking he was going to be the championship threat. And when Hayden Deegan, you got, uh, was it, we won the first moto at Hangtown. That disrespect when he said, I want to break him, that was the first one. And uh, I let him go close, and then I sent it super hard at the end to break him a little bit, and uh, we ended up doing that to get the win. And then we had Justin. He got hit in the throat and all these different things, and then Hayden won at Red Butt. But what he did, that second moto, damn, damn, that was beast mode. We we talk about Eli Tomac or JS when we like oh, Toronto. We oh, I remember this. Well, that's what you're gonna say about Hayden Deegan because that kid was rolling. And the cool part is, is that when you watch when a router gets in that zone, when he drops down to a 215, which is like eight seconds faster than everybody else at the end of the moto, which by the way it was the fastest time of the day out of any class at the end of that moto was special in general, but you saw a rider that was completely in the zone, completely in the zone. And the reason I say that is because after he passed um, Justin, he runs at 215, he's over jumping stuff. He's like, you know, feet off doing all this stuff. And he's so locked in that he knew no matter what he did on that motorcycle, that he wasn't going to crash. Like he was that locked in that I'm going to go this fast and make this many mistakes. And I know for a fact I'm not going to crash because I'm zoned in. That's what you call in the zone. And Hayden did that. And the reason he did that is because he went around Justin Cooper on the outside. He just deboed his way around him. And Hunter Lawrence was trying to come up and get him. He couldn't catch me in the first moto. Yeah, he came up. He caught Joe Shimoda last weekend, but he couldn't catch Hayden when Hayden's on. And after the first, the last four races, having a struggle, coming into this weekend to win the first moto. But boy, what he did that second moto, run those guys down, had Hunter there, Hunter went down. It was just a message. And I think that that clicked for Hayden to where we saw this kid grow up and go uh, beast mode. And it was cool to watch. And I've seen a lot of things in, uh, in this sport. And I enjoy when I watch something special and we were watching something special. And I know from Hayden's point of view, because like I've been there, just sometimes you get locked in and you're just like, I cannot do anything wrong. Like the man himself couldn't even knock me over. Nobody's stopping me. And all that was built up. So the message that Hunter Lawrence was sent, that bitch was sent back with an 86. I don't know. It was sent back. It was returned to center because Hayden Void, like the next few races are going to be key. I think at this point, we're going to see a different Hayden Deegan for the last six motos, actually. My math is right. Yes, yes. We're going to see a, a different Hayden Deegan these last six motos. And now we've talked about, would we be shocked? It would have been shocking that if you'd have won that championship. It would have been shocking. Like, damn, he won. But after that race, I wouldn't be shocked at all. 
I wouldn't be shocked. And you know, Hunter knows that too. Hunter knows that. Justin Cooper, he knows that. Everybody in that field knew when they watched this tape or being a part of this that we just woke up something. And I've always said with Hayden, when I picked him and said, like, yeah, I think I would pick him. Justin Cooper has the speed, but that, that mindset with Hayden, I would choose him. If things, all things are equal, I would choose him to be the biggest threat to Hunter. Well, that's why I said that. And last couple weekends, I was more impressed with Hayden because most rookies and most people in general, when they have the red plate going into um, the, a race, Minnesota last week, I talked about it. I said, you things starts going wrong. It's easy to fold up shop, get, you know, get upset, throw a race away, crash. Hayden didn't do that. I was impressed with him fighting for that fifth place. Things aren't going wrong. He didn't just drop back to 10th. That second moto, he struggled, but he kept fighting. And that told me that's what I look at. Those are little things I look for, just how riders handle adversity. And that's more impressive to me and and um watching this kid that he didn't do that. He was still able to his best game, he didn't have it. All everything was going wrong. He's still able to fight and fight. And that fifth place is a part of why and all those fighting he's been doing, the times that he hasn't had the speed, all that is built up so when he does and he gets in the zone. He cannot run anyone, anyone. And he was the first one to go 1-1 one, one this year in that 250 class. So how um, dominant um, Hunter, Lawrence, Hunter Lawrence has been, he ain't done that. Like, he ain't done that. He was close last weekend. He ain't done that. And tell me, even what Hunter uh, riding last weekend, that first moto, it was a good ride. It was dominant. It was the best I've seen Hunter ride um, since last time i seen Hunter ride. If he rode just as good, if not better, that's first motor last weekend that he did at Red Bud. But you tell me when you saw somebody else ride like that. You tell me when you saw somebody race with that much authority, with that much um, emphasis and just authority. When was the last time you seen that? I haven't even seen Jet Lawrence ride like that. I, I haven't seen him do it. Jet Lawrence has been dominant, even more dominant. We'll talk about him in a little bit. But I just think we saw a baby born. That's it. We had the paternity, baby. We had the hospital. We had the paternity session. We just saw something was born, and that thing that's born is going to be trouble for everyone else. But it was cool to see it. So, Hayden Deegan, God damn, boy, you was on it. And I know y'all going to be pissed because I said that, but God dang, what do you want me to say? That boy was dominant. Shut up. That was good, people. It was good. So, Hayden Deegan, you are a dangerous kid. Good job. With Hunter Lawrence, he... Going in out of shadows, he couldn't see out. That crash was based off his fault. But he was not going to beat Hayden at moto. He was not going to beat him. Now, the only thing that we can say, if Hunter um, would Hayden would have went beast mode, if Hunter would have been there, like, I can only go off of what I saw Hayden do. If Hayden was doing what he did, ain't nobody was going to beat him. He was going to beat Jet Lawrence at moto. He was going to beat Jet Lawrence. He was actually faster than Jet Lawrence. So, Hunter was not going to beat him. That mode of Hayden was still going to continue his success and do go around Justin Cooper on the outside. No one was beating that kid. A lot of times say he had plenty of speed to work with. And what's cool about that was that one thing we talk about Hayden, what he did that second moto was something that we don't even really talk to him about. We don't really talk about Hayden's speed. We don't say he's faster than everybody else. We don't say that kid can just outrun somebody. I actually wrote a note before all my notes, and I had everybody on there. And I was like, oh, what this guy does. 
this guy, he does this. He's fast. Or this guy's got this experience. Well, Hayden doesn't got this experience. Well, Hayden hasn't had the speed. And Hayden, you know, this is he's a rookie. So he shouldn't be able to do it. But what Hayden does is he's got something. And whatever that is, is what we just saw. So Hayden was able to elevate his game and do the one thing that we said that he most likely he wouldn't be able to beat those guys straight off of speed. But he just did it. And he did it by two seconds. So if you tell me that's the way he was going to ride, and no, Hunter was not going to beat him. And I ain't no disrespect to anybody else, but damn, that, I, I ain't want none of that. I ain't want none of that. So that was dominance. So with Hayden, there ain't really much else to say. Just watch the race. And he'll say it. I loved his interview, too. He's like, ah, he's supposed to do it. I mean, you hear it, people. You hear it. You hear it. Now the kid has to go execute. And I said at the race, if it ended today, he would not be your champion. So no matter how good he rode, Hunter Lawrence still has that red plate. And last time we saw Hayden with that red plate, it seemed a little heavy. I think he'll be able to handle it now. And out of all the people that's had things that has went wrong, we just saw one that we can say for sure that will be able to handle it. Like he he did bounce back. And the reason I bring that up is because Coming in this weekend, Justin Cooper, he knew he needed to show up. He knew Hunter Lawrence, if Hunter Lawrence beat him and walked away from him like he did last weekend, it was going to be trouble. Like his championship was going to be over. And those guys know that there's they're still close enough in the points that if they can just go win and they can find that form, they can beat Hunter and they can win his championship without Hunter doing anything. Like they don't need Hunter bikes to blow up. They don't need none of that because they they're close enough. And if they come in there and return to center like Hay did, that they can win this championship. But if they don't win this race and Hunter does what he did last weekend and he was clearly the best guy, then, yeah, you're going to need a first corner. You're going to need other things to happen. So going into this weekend, I was suspecting Justin Cooper. This is one of the places he won. This track, you have to be smooth on the throttle, which is odd when you say, hey, Deegan, like I wouldn't say he's not smooth on the throttle, but you would think it would favor Justin Cooper better. Hayden had something else to say about that. But I felt like he had just as good a chance to win, just like we had in Chase in the 450 class. But the first moto, he's up there. Hayden just kind of pulls away, just can't do anything from it. And he talked about at the podium that he needed to be more aggressive. Yeah, I got to loosen up a little bit. It's uh, frustrating for sure to see those guys walk away from me. But, uh, hey, we'll take a podium spot, and uh, hopefully we can come out swinging the next moto and uh, give these guys a real fight. Just got to be aggressive. Needed to just kind of be more aggressive. Well, right then kind of told me that I'm like, all right, dude, like, you know, you're obviously not comfortable with something. And I don't think that aggressive is hard. Just saying, I'm just going to let it like just change the way you're riding. So second moto, he was a little bit more aggressive, but it wasn't enough. You know, he was out front he got caught. And then we saw what happened. Hayden went around the outside, being more aggressive, blast that bitch off the side of the track. That's what you got to do. That's more aggressive. So he needed to do something and he wasn't able to do it. Now, that being said, he can come out. Justin Cooper was likely what's good for him is that he has speed. He has that. And I do feel like there's always those times for Justin Cooper, like he did at Sakamoto at Thunder Valley. If he gets in that zone, he can outrun anyone. Like he can outrun anyone. And he has that. But he has a lot of things going against him. And he just saw a new baby new birth being born right next to him with Hayden Deegan. So he's got that trouble. So for him, it's an uphill battle, but Justin's fast and maybe he can do it. But the next guy I was expecting to come in because history would say 
that this is when he starts shining. And Joe Shimoda, Far East Coast. Up until Southwick, that second moto, we were like, man, is I know Joe's feeling that, um, feeling the same way. It just felt like it was disappointed. He was going in being one of the guys. This season, he kind of got lost. Well, Southwick, that second moto winning, he got his confidence. And then he whole shot at the first moto at Millville, like, yeah, dad, dad, you know, like feeling good. He got beat, but he was there. So Joe Shimoto, if you go back to his stats, what happened last year? He started off slow and around red butt, he he did that, you know, last to third, was able to get that overall. And then he started trending the right way. Well, it's four races and then he's starting to go the right way. So he knows, hey, I need to do something. And Joe was a no-show. There would I you could say Joe was average, but I, I think even average Joe. It's not no show. I didn't even realize Joe was like even there. I kept saying like, oh, that's Joe. No, that's another 335. That's Handmaker, you know, or hey, that's him. No, that's Austin Fortner getting drugged all the way down the front start and still getting drugged. But he got up. He was doing it. And that's kind of a disappointment. And I'm not saying that because I'm knocking on Joe. I'm saying that because I know Joe feels that same way. Like he, he's another Justin Cooper. Like you just kind of expect him to be able to do it. And for whatever reason, Joe was no show this weekend. And I know he's bummed, but like Justin, I always have faith in Joe and I'm gonna stop calling you average. I'm going back far East coast. Cause I got hope that Joe can show up again and no more average. As I did say, I wasn't gonna show that, but anyways, Joe, it ain't about taking the bitch out. It's about just being noticed at this point. You got to do something. got to do something. I feel like you got some allies. And then the RJ was just like the silent RJ-ish. He did RJ things. But I don't even know what RJ did. He, I mean, what did he end up? Like, he was like just four or five. RJ was like the most, I guess he was the most RJ-ish not that I've seen him all year. Because he was like up front, but he was not there. I didn't even really recognize him. So, RJ, he did say he was going to get through this race and then three, let it go. So at the end of the day, it's Hunter Lawrence and um, Danger Boy. That's it. Those two, everybody else, they're going to need a little luck. They're going to have to go through because I don't know if they can go through both those guys. But we saw Hunter Lawrence. He was, it was weird to see. I don't know if he was hurt or the, the things that he hasn't been able to ride over the last few weekends. Now that's starting to caught up with him. But now he has two weeks break. Hey, Deegan's got two weeks to build up on that confidence and remember last time he raced, he whooped ass. So going into Unadilla, being on a technical track, you best believe there's going to be some fireworks in that 250 class. So I ain't going to say nothing else left. We just got to wait because that, that class is going to be dope. That's going to be, that's going to be good. So good job. Hey, Deegan, but I almost skipped this segment before I did the one thing that I needed to do. And that was going to be a problem. Now, Hayden, look here. Son, you can't be out here disrespecting these guys like that. You can't be. That's almost as bad as your daddy, like, launching a bike in L.A. I would say this was even more disrespectful. I love it. I love it. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. But you did it. And then we saw you come out there. You're like, man, I've been struggling. I had a hard time, like, in that sand. And then, like, at last weekend, I had that red plate. But, damn, that thing was heavy, even though it's, like, the same as it weighs as my other one. But it felt heavy. And I didn't like the way I rode. But I'm coming here to watch you go. And, yeah, I know Hunter Lawrence is back. He, he did what he did. And Justin Cooper won his favorite track. And Levi had the kitchen open for everybody to eat. 
But I'm coming in this bitch and I'm taking everybody's Kool-Aid and I'm hanging, I'm turning, hanging with Mr. Cooper TV. I'm turning his show off. And Hunter Lawrence, yeah, he sent that message, but I ain't like it. He left the post stamp off. This is my house. And dude, you came out and you won that first moto. We were like calling the race. So we were like, damn, Hayden just getting running away. Like he's just pulling away. And we had Justin Cooper there. He was like, ah, oh, damn, Hayden's just pulling away. And then Hunter Lawrence came up and he was catching you. But he was like, well, the only reason he's catching me because these damn laughers on this tight ass track. He was doing all that. So you won that one. Then the second moto, all of a sudden, you were just there doing your thing. Hunter came up. He couldn't see. He fell. And then it was like, woke. Somebody got woke up. And what woke up was this beast boat. Like, it was a, that was a man pass. That was a Hayden Deegan pass. You're going around disrespecting your teammate like that. This is so disrespectful. And what you were trying to do was go 1-1, which nobody in this 250 class has done it. And what you're going to get is a beast mode of a hit it for him, Colt. Suntan. Next on fire. Suntan. Next on fire. I did that because that was just grown man stuff. You got to get a special. So, hey, Deegan, congratulations, kid. That was good. People, we watch something 10 years from now. You're going to remember this race because that kid, he got woke. He got woke and he woke up the whole field. So that was 250 class. And that was that. Hey, Deegan, congratulations. It doesn't end today. But if it did, Hunter would be the champion. But it doesn't do that. So good luck. I'll see you in a couple weeks. Now the 450 class. Should we go to break? We've been breaking all day long. My lips are stuck. Okay, back to what I was saying. 450 class, people. I'm not going to sit here and talk about bike setup. I'm not going to talk about, uh, you know, uh, the undefeated street. Even though Jet's been undefeated 14-0, we talked about that a lot. If you want to hear, watch the race because we said that. The shadows were a big part. Coming into this race, Jet Lawrence hasn't won a moto. He's won overalls, but he hasn't won a moto. Chase Sexton was able to take down Eli Tomac last, last year. Chase Sexton was able to win overall the year before. So the, the thing was, I said that this track favors Chase Sexton. Well, Jet has the technique. Jet has better traction for off last weekend. So I, it comes down to mindset. Mindset. Jet Lawrence hasn't won a moto here, and I don't care what anybody says. Every rider likes to, if they feel confident about something, it ain't going 2-2 and winning overall and feeling like they, they I got that track done. They got to win a moto. They got to win. And if you've been beat straight up somewhere at a track, I feel like Jet, that, that doesn't help you. So when people say, well, Jet's won there, well, I know in Jet's mind he's never won here. Yeah, he's got overall, but he's never won here. Well, Chase was able to stop Beast Mode last year after Eli was on a nine-race win streak, looking like he was just going to run away with this thing. Chase came into this thing, and he was able to, to stop that. So that being said, I was thinking it favors Chase over Jet because Jet doesn't feel confident. Chase does, and after last weekend, I feel like Chase answered that, that speed thing, and he feels like, well, I probably would have got him, but I fell over. And that second motor, I fell over. So I know this track and I'm going to get him. That's where I was going with that. Well, Jet showed up here and he knew that. And the only thing that I would say, history would say that Chase, um, Jet doesn't like this track. Well, what we're watching with Jet Lawrence, it's not even the same person as last year. The kid's not even the same. Yeah, he's a rookie. It's the first time he's in, and technically in the rule book, the first time you do something, that means you're a rookie. And that's what we're watching. He's technically a rookie, but that kid ain't the same kid that was even at um, Salt Lake City. This 450 suits him better, and his riding style, all those things has made that kid way better than he was on the 250. Jet Lawrence is way better right now. So 
when we look back and we talk about past history, and although I said it favors uh, Chase because Jet hasn't won here, I knew that even though Jet hasn't won here, it's not just strictly on paper of a guy that doesn't know how to ride sand and is always struggling sand. We're going to a sand track compared to, well, the guy hasn't won here, but what we're seeing, this guy ain't even the same guy that hasn't won here before. So I knew Jet was going to have a good chance to win, to stop that. So although it favors Chase, I didn't say that, hey, it was his best chance of being able to beat Jet. I didn't think that he still could do that. He needed some luck to be able to, to make that happen because Jet ain't the same person. But overall, we all knew that it was going to be on. And I think the luckily for us, that second motor happened because that first motor was like, damn, like, what are we talking about favorites? Chase was right there. Uh, Jet got tired of getting roosted by Dylan Fernandez, which is, by the way, the first person to lead a lap since Ken Roxon. Like, they, there was nobody else that led any laps in that field racing in that 450. No one. Ken Roxon's home. He's chilling. So Jet Lawrence has been that dominant, but Dylan ended that streak, which cool. That means he couldn't catch me with that 221 or how many races in there. But Jet Lawrence got tired of getting roosted. He passes him, puts in a couple hot laps, and that was it. And the reason why I, I feel like Chase had a good chance at winning and why Washugo is so special is because there's a lot of other things besides just trying to race the other guy that comes into play. As it said at the beginning part of the show, Washugo is a track that it's hard to make up time on somebody. So when you, if Jet got a bad start, chase hole shots, it was going to be hard for Jet to make that time. Just the way this track layout is. And with this, with this year being dry and one line, it was really hard to do that. And if you notice, all day long, Jet was the fastest in practice. And all the guys, all they talked about, they didn't never spoke on oh, man, that guy was going fast, and I'm worried about so-and-so. What they kept talking about was the track. Track's slippery. Track's hard to pass. Like, it's, it's a tough track. Just got to be, I had to go slower to go faster. Those shadows are bad. So what we saw Jet Lawrence do, he was emphasizing, all I'm worried about is passing, like passing. Not passing Chase, not passing Dylan, passing Latin, passing in general. So I'm focusing on the start. So once he got past Dylan, he went in and he put in a couple hot laps and he got like three or four seconds. And the reason he did that is because he knew those seconds were a lot bigger here at Washugal. And I said this on the broadcast, having like five seconds here is like literally having like nine or 10 someone else, somewhere else. Because the way the track is, every time you try to go faster, you're going to slide out. And then you have to take the chance to go faster in places that you can't see. And that's what we saw play out. You could tell when somebody's about to pass because they would just get up on them. Otherwise, they would sit back. And that was the reason reason they did that is because of Ruse. You only get close to somebody because you're about to pass here. Otherwise, you kind of sit back. And also going in and out their shadows, which we saw play out in 250 class. The reason I believe Hunter went down is because he was, one, it was really dark in that section. And he was up on um, uh, Danger Boy. You can't see. So with Jet Lawrence... He sat back, he let Fernandez lead his lap, and then when it was time to go, he was able to do it. He made a pass, and he put that time on chase. And um, like I said, the reason he did that is because here at Washugo, five seconds is like nine or ten someone else, somewhere else because you can't override this track. And if you look at the race, when Chase got up in second and uh, Jet was out front, when Chase was in there, the only place Chase would catch him was down in those shadows. And the reason he was doing that is because he was just taking that chance of where it's harder to see where Jet was going to be more cautious. Uh, he was just taking that chance 
I'm just going to run it in because I need to catch this dude. So if you saw, he would close in right before the finish line and then lose all this time everywhere else. And that was because he was taking more risks than Jet. But he had the gap and there was really nothing to do. And just like the 250 class, when Hunter got in second, the only time he ever closed in on Danger Boy was when Danger Boy got in traffic because it is hard to make up time here. So we saw that play out. Jet Lawrence, different person he was last year. So you knew he was going to be able to rise to the occasion because the kids just rise different. He won that race. Now the second moto, the gate malfunctions. Chase and uh, Jason, they're sitting on the gate. they still sitting there, people, in this. I just slapped myself and still missed that fly. Stop it. Get some help. Jet was out front. That race was over. They red flag it. Shout out to Chase and Jason to be able to refocus and get a good start because it, it is hard. Uh, it is hard to do that when you have a gate malfunction. And I work with Chase and I know how many times he ran into the gate. It, it just happens. So when you, when you, especially when you run into it, you're now you're just focused in like you're, you're not going to hit it. You're going to do, make sure everything you do, you're not going to run into the gate. So whether it's the gate's fault, blah, blah, blah. Basically, what ends up happening is that the gate drops, everybody takes off, and then you go because you ain't going to run into that thing. So shout out for those guys to be able to refocus themselves and then go out and get a good start. And thank God they did because then we had a race. We had somebody else out front. It wasn't JS7 back in the day. It was Aaron Plessinger. I don't know where it came from, people. I don't know where it came from. And Aaron's interview, which Cole got to play a little bit, he says, yeehaw, first off. Yeah, baby, let's go. We get two weeks off, so I'm looking forward to it. Go hang out with the family and uh, do some cool stuff. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and he says, I, I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even know where it came from. So when the dude that's doing it himself don't even know how it came, I, can't, I ain't going to give you an explanation. Besides, you got to start. And Aaron is that good. But I ain't know where, like, I would say, I don't know where the Detroit, when he was out front and then he did the somersault flip, I don't know where that came from, but I didn't know where it came from. I've been telling you all year he was running pretty good, but he was just running away from people. And that's why I would say with this, Aaron is a champion. Aaron is a good rider. And look, you give him a start, you can run out front, shadows, no shadows, dude look good. But then he was able to get third place and that was it. So it was good to see Aaron out there, but the race was on. We had Jet Lawrence and we had Chase Sexton. Now I don't have to stress how important this is. You already know. We had Wash Ewell. You already know what time it is. So all the stuff that Chase has been saying, Jet's been talking about people been saying this was going to favor uh, Chase over Jet. It came down to this race, and it was a it was a weird race. It was a real interesting race to watch if you were looking for the right things. But there was a lot of things that was happening that nothing was happening because those guys they couldn't they couldn't ride to make it a battle. Like they couldn't battle. This track wouldn't allow them to battle. It was dry. It was hard to see. You couldn't get up on somebody, one, because the roost, and then you couldn't get up on them because you could see. And Chase had that, like, two, three seconds to one second gap that he can get there to Jet, but he couldn't do anything. But then you can see Jet almost hit the ground multiple times. Chase almost hit the ground multiple times, which he did. But it was like we were waiting for this action to happen, and all the stuff that's been playing out the last few weekends, it was set up in front of us. And I do believe that that second moto was just Jet's best performance out of any race this year. Him being able to sustain that. And we saw what he said. For all the people that think the kid's playing and it's easy for him, 
Jet was saying, man, I was praying that Chase was feeling the way I was feeling. And I was hurting. I was hurting. And bam! Fucking <sighs> 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 out my show. I'm pissed now. It's fly. It's not just, it's landing in my eye. It ain't that. Hold on. Okay. What's up? Can we negotiate? Go over there, man. Go over there. He was bothering me yeah, about Cole, 15 minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, Cole went in there and sprayed some axe on him. And he didn't <laughs> want none of that. And we kept seeing Chase would get close to him, but he, he, couldn't, he couldn't do anything. And every time Jet, Jet, there was moments in that race towards the end, we saw it play out. Like Jet was waiting for Chase to come. And then Chase was coming. And then Jet was like, okay, I'm like, I'm trying to go fast and I almost crashed. And I'm going to ride. And Jet was in a good spot because with the track being so difficult, and he knew it's, it's one line. So it's going to be hard for Chase, even if he catches me, it's going to be hard for him to pass me. Like, I'm going to make him try to have to go around the outside of me and make a decision to pass me. So I feel like there was a moments in those race for a few stretches where Jet was just like, I'm going to continue to ride and see if Chase was going to be able to last and keep this pace because I'm on the edge. And every time I try to pick that pace up, which Jet tried doing, and he had some moments, and then but Chase was able to answer that. But he had some moments, and then they're both like, all right, I'm going to sit back. And then towards the end of the race, Jet decided, I'm going to try to go fast again, see if Chase can uh, keep it up. Well, Chase was able to do it. So the whole time, it was like we were watching the race, just waiting for this thing to happen. And I think why I was so impressed with Jet is because I saw like five different plans happen in that race. He First plan, I'm a whole shot, try to pull away, do what I did the first moto, see if Chase can catch me because I knew it was hard to catch on this place well I couldn't do that Aaron Plessinger was there and then once I got in the first all right now I'm in between Plessinger's there I'm gonna try to pull away see if Chase gets hung up get that second all right dang that didn't happen all right I'm trying to go fast all right Chase catches it I can't go fast so Jet was like changing his plan as he was racing okay now I'm gonna sit back I'm gonna slow down Okay, I'm trying to go fast, see if Chase can last. What Chase was able to do it. So we watched this kid throw all these different things at both of them. They were all trying to get to the other rider. And that's why I was so impressed that, one, it was a tough track. It was a real track that you had to be real disciplined on and not override it. And even Chase falling over, which I'll talk about in a second, that wasn't overriding. Um, that was a different story. They both was disciplined, although while they were trying to go fast, they were both being real disciplined to not say, look, I can't do this because I'm going to throw it away and I don't want to fall and give this race away. I'd rather just get beat. I want to make I don't want to beat myself. So Jet was able to continue to do that. And there was moments where Chase, right before he fell, he actually closed in. And I was like, all right, now the battle's on because if Chase catches them, like I said, when you catch somebody and if you're going to be up in that roof zone, that means you're going to have to pass them. And I feel like he was almost there. Like Chase was right there. Chase probably would have been able to get around him. Unlike where I felt like at Millville or some other ones, like even if Chase catches him, like he wouldn't be able to do anything. Well, I feel like with this track, even though it was one-lined, there were sections in that back part 
that was going to allow him to take a chance where you go in no C zone right before the finish line. He was able, and he had a few spots that he was able, um, where he was quicker. That was the place that you could pass. So I believe if Chase was going to get there, he was going to let, he was going to have to knock him down. He was going to knock him down. He was going to get around him, but then he fell over. Chase bike looked better. That second motor, whatever changes that they made between the first motor and second motor, it looked better. And I, I just think you could see from Jets riding and even Chase's riding. That was it. Like there was no more speed. They both was tired and it was about to muddle line of one guy either making this thing happen and the other guy basically giving up. They were both on the edge waiting for one of them to seize the control and then Chase fell over. Please, no, 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 no. He fell over. Now, I'll give Chase credit. He was able to. To regroup after that second moto. And what he said last weekend is, I feel like I can win one of these things. I'm going to get him. He got best of Jet Lawrence. He had Jet, Jet Lawrence in trouble. Jet was in trouble. Jet knew he was in trouble, but Jet wasn't in trouble enough that Jet was going to try to put Chase in a spot to see if he can run that pace. And the reason I say that is because before the race, there was an interview. And we talked about last weekend, Chase running Jet down and, you know, was he playing with him? Was he like, you know, Unadilla back in the day? And I was like, no, he wasn't doing that. And Jet said, Chase, Chase was coming. And so I let him catch up and then I went faster. I wanted to see once he got there, I wanted to see if he can run that pace because he's going fast and look, I'm on my limit. But basically, who was going to could he run that pace the whole time? If you remember me talking about, it was going to be about whether if Chase couldn't run the same lap time. He can run it. But until he changed things and the bike got better and he got better, that he still wouldn't beat him because he wouldn't be able to do that the whole time. Like eventually some cracks, if you got cracks, if you got a broken glass, eventually the mirror is going to continue to break. Like you got a small crack, it's going to end up a big one. So Jet said that and people thought he was saying, no, I'm I just let him catch up and then I just decided to go faster. So what ends up happening is same thing I used to do to Ricky. When you know a guy's coming, if I could have in the beginning part of the race, my goal was I'm a whole shot. I'm going to try to go fast. Well, Ricky's still catching me. Okay. Plan B. I'm going to let him catch me. I'm going to let him catch me. I'm going to save my energy and then let him catch me. No, I was not playing with him. If I could have kept my gap, I would have kept it. But I knew I couldn't kept it. So why am I going to waste my energy and then just let him go by me to hold him off a, a couple more laps? Because he's coming. And that was what happened at first moto. At some point, Jet realized that, like, I can't go no faster. Chase is coming. So what he said was, I'm going to sit back, save my energy. And then once he gets here, I'm going to put him in the place and I'm going to go faster and I'm going to see how fast I can go and see how fast he can go and see if he can run that pace and how long we can go. And that's what he did. And then Chase ended up going down. So people think that is somebody playing with him. And even Jet was like, no, I don't mean this for disrespect. I think that is exactly a smart rider is exactly what I did. And you two things happen. When a guy catches you from that far back, what ends up happening is why I struggled racing Chad Reed. Chad, you know this. While I love racing Ricky Carmichael, I knew I had to give it all I got. But when I caught Ricky, I knew that's all he had. I knew he was not going no faster. Ricky was never like playing with me like that. But with Chad Reed, 
he could always turn it up no matter how bad or, or slow or good he was in practice. I knew once I caught him in the race, he was going to show up. There was races I came from dead last. I ran the dude down and then I caught him. And this dude had the Dawson and pass like he had to race me. He wanted to race me. Well, that's what happens. So when you catch a guy from that far back, you think you're going to run right past them. Well, when that guy picks up the pace, it gets frustrating because you're like, dude, I worked all this way. You're slowing down. And then the whole narrative is thinking that, oh, Jet's playing with him, blah, blah, blah. So it frustrates people. And that's what's ended up happening. So I save my energy. And then I make this guy, the best chance I got to beat him is frustrate him because he's going faster. And that's what Jet was able to do. So um, this case scenario, Jet tried playing that out. They both were making mistakes. And then ultimately, at the end of the day, Chase came in the corner and fell over. He, he literally fell over. He stalled the motorcycle. Now, that, that corner is tight. And if Chase would have hit that corner like he did when he passed Dylan Ferrandez. Oh! From the outside to the inside, Sexton makes it happen. Then we wouldn't have no problem. But that corner is super tight. And second moto at Washougal, both those guys, they were in the red zone. I could see how he would fall over. They both were tired. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. That was, he fell because he was tired. I mean, you stall the motorcycle, you're, you're tired. You're trying to get a break, you just stalled it. I thought maybe he hit neutral, but nonetheless, it was the same difference. They both was tired. It ain't not, it just happens. So it was, it was all set up because those two were going at it. And I know it was frustrating for Chase and frustrating for Jet to be able to like not pull away because they both had to ride. But that was the setup because of Washugal. And, and again, if you listen to Jet, like he tried putting Chase in the spot to make Chase have to run that pace. Chase was able to answer it. Chase's bike looked a little better. It was a good ride by both of them. Just disappointed that he fell over at that point. And then with a few more laps, because I do believe like they, it was about to go down. Because I think the fact that Chase was so deep in the race and he saw Jet was making those mistakes. And he also saw that he could take chances and make pass, like make time up and probably get around Jet because Jet hasn't seen those because he hasn't been about um, behind me all day. So I can surprise attack. And then who knows? Who knows what Jet's going to do at the end of that moto? So I feel like Chase was building confidence and he knew they both was tired and he knew it was right there, but he fell over and I was into that. I just liked the, the interview. Jet was full on honest. Man, I was hoping he was feeling it like I did. Kind of like a little doubt in myself. I'm like, eh, I hope he's feeling as, as much as I am right now. And I hope he was feeling it. So that being said, we got a guy that went 16-0. And I said coming into this, what was going to happen? Would Jet be perfect or would Honda stay perfect? Because I, I believe Chase wanted that streak to, to continue. Chase wanted that streak to be perfect. He wanted that. He just wanted to be Honda, not Jet. He wanted to win both motos and then Honda stayed perfect, but not him. And he came in here and he was thinking, I'll be able to do it. Because history would say, you know, Jet, he won here, but he ain't never won here. That doesn't make sense, but it makes sense. Look it up. And I beat Tomac. That's beast mode. If I'm able to take that dude down, I can take this dude down, right? The track wasn't the same. Chase even said it. It was set up, set up differently. Dry, no dry. It was still pretty. It was a lot of pretty people out there. And he knew coming into this after last weekend, I got a chance. It favors me because best chance of doing it. And I will say this. I think the way this race ended up, I don't think Chase lost confidence. You know, the only thing he lost is an, uh, one less opportunity to beat Jet. But his best shot the next uh, two weeks, Unadilla, we'll see what happens there. 
We'll see what happens. A whole different scenario. But he came in here hoping and hope don't float. And why hope don't float? It's because this kid. And we saw Hayden Deegan decide to go beast mode on these cats and be born and have babies. Just devil babies. Just dominant, disrespectful babies. We saw Jet Lawrence just put on a clinic. A clinic on how, look, if I can't be faster, which he wasn't faster that second moto. I, look, I'm going to outdo him. I'm going to outrun him. I'm going to outdo this. I can't do it. I'll win in a different way. And that's what's most impressive. He's been able to answer, stop yawning, Cole. He's been able to answer these, these challenges. I'm the one that should be tired. I'm the one that came from Alaska over way over there. I'm the one that did this. I flew Why, red eye. You flew red eye. I flew red eye, too. I was red eye. I tempted my eyes. They're red. Why are they red? Because I was watching the red Jet Lawrence just dominate. And when you get that jet fuel, what does it do? It burns your eyes. They turn your eyes. When your eyes start burning, they get red. Dry eyes? No, they're just burnt. Why? Because I've been watching Jet Lawrence dominate. He answered the bell and he went 14, 15, and now he's 16 and 0. And he's gotten eight of these things. And what has he gotten called? Hit it for him, please. Suntan, next on fire. Did you hear that, people? That thing flinched like that gate did. It was like, ah, ah. Cole went a little quick, realized he shouldn't. Nah, that was too quick. J1 done. Then he went, just like that gate, that second motor. But no red flag here, just only red dominance. And that was Jet Lawrence. So congratulations, kid. You keep answering the bell. And as much as we say, ah, oh, is it going to be this weekend? Is it going to be this weekend? They still going to get beat. And they're going to get beat because why? Because I'm just better. And they know it. He knows it. I know it. She knows it. The Mars knows it. The Martian knows it. The guys on Jupiter know it. But I don't think there's anybody there. So everybody knows it. In this solar system, this universe, it is Jet Lawrence world. And until somebody else does it, it's his place to playground. All right, people, you know what time it is. My favorite time. And I'm sure it is Cole's favorite time. He's like, damn, this show is almost over. I'm tired. I'm tired, too. Oakley, Stude, and Stude. We'll be right back. All right. We're back, people. They say an object in motion tends to stay in motion. We test that idea on a daily basis. Motion and experimentation. Motors and manpower. We continue to evolve and thrive. So whether you climb or cross over, find your own line or pin it wide open. As long as you're moving in a way that gives you what you need, we'll be here for you. All right, people, you know what time it is. My favorite time, your favorite times. Oakley, Stude, and Stude. Now, look, this is special. This is special. It's like when you go to the hospital and you get into the board where the baby's a boy. You're like, oh, so sweet. Or you see that, that English bulldog. It's pretty when it's young, but that thing gets ugly and it's tongue be hanging out and the eyeballs decide to pop out. Eventually, that's, that's later in life. But right now, it is beautiful. And what we saw was something being born. And we saw this kid grow up. We've been watching him on YouTube. They call him Danger Boy. They got a YouTube sensation. Well, that YouTube sensation decided to grow. And he said, you know what? I'm tired of this. That dude going to send me that nasty message last weekend. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And he's been saying all year, he's been answering these tests just when you think he's a rookie. And just when you think, ah, I got him. That red plate's too heavy. He keeps fighting. And he keeps fighting. 
And that's Hayden Deegan. Hayden Deegan, we just saw a baby being born. We saw the beast mode. And kid, JS himself, we watched something special. So I appreciate that. And I know what you're going to appreciate, what you're about to get, and what's special. And you've done it. The first person doing that 250 class this year, going 1-1. So you know what you're going to get? A stupendous stew. Hit it for him again, Cole. Suntan, next on fire. I just popped that one up. But you a stupendous stew because that was a stupendous performance. That was dangerous. That was dangerous. That was dangerous. I, I appreciate that. Now, I know I'm doing that. That's not for me. It was for you, Hayden. That was for you. So you a stew. Now, the next person, of course, he's been getting all of these damn things. He's my brother. He's my brother from down under. Jet Lawrence. You a stew. Just every time. Yeah, it, I know it favors Chase. I know I haven't won here in the past, and I've won here in the past, but I never won here in the past. Coming in this weekend, they talking about Chase was going to do this, and Chase was going to do that, and this is where the street was going to end, and none of that's happening. None of that's happening. Why? Because no matter how much y'all talk, y'all still going to lose. Y'all still going to lose. Look, that roost hurt. I let Aaron Plessinger, I decided last weekend I was trying to help him around the racetrack. I was like, come on, man. He couldn't keep up. So this weekend, he got the whole shot. I was like, all right, look, look, Aaron. Like, I'm going to just ride behind you. I'm going to hold everybody else back. Get out front. Get you some confidence. He did that. Why? Because he's just a nice guy. They're my friends. And Jet Lawrence, you did it, but you knew what was going to happen. And Chase was up there. He was running. I know you were feeling tired. You won that first moto. It was too easy for you. Too easy. You know, you put him in a situation. He didn't want to be in that situation. But this situation, maybe you didn't want to be in that situation because you were tired of that situation. And you was hoping that he was feeling like you was in that same situation. But the only situation that he wasn't in was the one that you were in. And that's a stew. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? It was a stupendous job. So, Jet Lawrence, this is your situation. You a stew. And you won all these. So, congratulations. Dominant. No matter what they do, they still gonna lose. All right, people, those are my stews. So Hayden Deegan, stupendous job. I'm feeling. I even wore the blue T-shirt. I'm feeling stupendous today, and that was because I watched that race, and I'm like, damn, dominant. Great, congratulations, kid. Keep it up. Two weeks off. Build on it. Build on it. Build on it. Brian, let him build on it. Let him build on it. I saw. You know where this telling sign is, and I'm off this segment. Was if you look at the second moto. Hayden Diggins on the gate, and his dad comes up, and he wipes his face with a uh, paper towel. Right then and there, that was your sign that those buyers was about to get that ass whooped. And why they were going to do that? Nah, because what? He, just, what? he wiped his face with a towel? No, because no dad would ever go on their son on the second moto of a uh, 250 when he just won that first. They would never mess with him unless he knew his son was feeling confident. Confident enough that he can walk up to him and mess with him on the gate, knowing that Hayden feels like he's going to go out there and show these boys something. So when I saw that, I was like, trouble, trouble. So little signs, people. Look, that's why you come here. I'll tell you the signs. So look for somebody wiping some sweat and laughing. I don't know. It could be somebody else. But right then, you know, they was about to get beat. I didn't realize it was going to be like that, but they was about to get beat. So there it is. All right, people. Hey, digging. Jet Lawrence, you know what you are. Your situation is that you a stew. Now, my next list is stew. None of y'all was stewed. I don't even know if Chase was stewed. Yeah, he fell over. He, he might he might got to ask a question about the other stew, but hey, maybe he fell over. I don't know, but I don't think he was stewed. The kid rode good. I mean, he he put Jet in the zone. He put him in the zone. Jet was in the zone. I mean, he was close. He was closer than anybody else, but still close enough. But he hoped maybe next weekend. 
Maybe next weekend. We can keep, hopefully, don't keep saying maybe next weekend. Hey, but it, hey, you're leading the, the world points. You're the champion in that, right? You got that points lead. So, hey, they're all ain't lost. You're building in the right direction. But I know you wanted more. And Hunter Lawrence, I know your ribs hurt, man. I know your ribs hurt like you were struggling that second moto and all that. But I don't think you stewed. You just realized, like, damn, like you might be stewed after watching the race. And I don't even think you stewed. Maybe. But no one stewed. Joe Shimoto, he wasn't even there. So I can't even say he was stewed. And Aaron Plessinger, he ain't never stewed. Like, you heard them people. He was like, yeehaw. I don't even know how. To, I can't even be stewed because I don't even know what the hell happened. I'm here. So only person that was stewed was me. I was pissed. Why? Because Delta kept canceling my flights. First off, thanks the 450 guys. Y'all going to have the gate. I'm going to actually say, thank you, AMA. You got the gate malfunction. That extra 15, 20 minutes made me late for my first flight. So I couldn't miss it. I missed my flight. So that's on you. We had to do the red, red flag, 20 minutes. I missed my flight literally by like 18. So yeah, that was first off. And then Delta kept changing my flight. Like, they wouldn't even call me. They were dusty. It's like, you know, Hayden Deegan going around on Justin Cooper on the outside. Just disrespectful. I just get a text saying, hey, we changed your flight. We changed your flight. By the way, oh, we're going to have a delay. But we have it. We got you sorted. We're going to put you on this flight that's eight hours later and put your ass in the middle seat. Do you know how far I came to come out here? Y'all going to do this? I paid for the Comfort Plus. Damn. I even paid for the Breathe on this plane. I'm telling you. It's getting bad, people. It's getting bad. You can buy a seat, and then you got to pay to sit in it. It's bad. They upcharge your ass to sit in it. That's how it is. So, Delta, what up? And then they changed it again. I was supposed to go to New York. I was going to see the Capitol. I was going to see the Capitol. Then they sent me to Minnetonka. I was just like, damn, I, didn't, I wasn't scheduled to go to that race. Don't send me here. But Minnesota, it is a nice airport. I did enjoy it. They had a lot of different things in there. But Delta, I'm pissed. I'm pissed, and maybe this should be a confused list, and you don't understand if I could turn the camera around, which I can't because my arms ain't that long. Cole's like, dude, shut up, shut up. Why? Because he didn't go to the race. He didn't go there. He was back in Colorado hanging around a bonfire doing some things, doing some things. Colorado. Shut up! I don't want to hear you. I'm not finished. I'm not finished. I'm almost finished, but I ain't there because we ain't done with round 25 yet until I finish my suit segment. Now, I'm Stu. So, Delta... I appreciate it. Y'all did hook me up at the end. I didn't get no vouchers, though. But I did get Wi-Fi. I signed up for the Scott Plus thing and, and all that because I was too cheap to buy that $8. I was like, dude, I ain't buying this. Y'all gonna, I'm going to buy the internet package, and you're going to charge me to use it. That's how everything is these days. So I don't know. Look, I'm going to buy that car, and then y'all going to charge me to drive it. What the world's coming to? Well, I don't know. But in that world, I'm stupid. But I was able to make it back eventually. So I should have been back at six. I ended up being back at like one o'clock. But hey, I made it back here to do the show. I was like, Delta, do you understand? My people, my fans. Well, I got a segment to shoot. I got a show to shoot. And that's the show is the rewind. And that show I'm trying to shoot, but Delta got me here to do it. And that was it for round 25. People where JS was stuck because red flags and AMA decided they couldn't get their gates right. But then they got their gates right. So that was it for round 25. Well, we saw what we saw, and we saw Danger Boy have a baby, a dominant baby, dominant baby. So we got Danger Boy and Danger Baby. Didn't even know he can have one, but he did. The disrespect. The disrespect. That was worse than Ty Masterpool. That was worse than him. Ty, what up? What up? Good job. What up? You were there, and he went there. They had a bounty out on the two strokes. 
Look, I'm going to end this because now it's about to get confusing. So we saw that. We saw Danger Boy. And then we saw the battle of the red. Would Honda stay perfect? Would they did? Would Jet stay perfect? Well, he did. And I was at round 25 from Washougal. And no matter how many times y'all do it, the situation is going to end up like this. That Jet Lawrence is going to be a stew. And no matter how many times they do it, the situation is going to end up like, well, maybe next week. Well, that was the end of this situation where we saw Danger Boy. Again, have a baby. Jet Lawrence, congratulations, kid. Maybe they'll do it when they get 18 and 0. Otherwise, I'll see you guys in two weeks, three weeks, whatever the math is. Two weeks off, but three weeks till we get to the race. Doesn't add up, but it adds up. I'll see you guys in Unadilla where it's about to go down. And I'm excited to see what happens between Hunter Lawrence and Danger Boy and see if not your average Joe. It's definitely not average hanging with Mr. Cooper. Will all those guys bounce back? Well, we got to find out. Enjoy your break, people. I know these riders are. Hunter, heal them heal. Wait, Hunter, Hunter, heal those heels. Hit, no, heal, heal those. I'll see y'all next week. Well, three weeks, bye.